Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy. I actually kind of built my life as if it was a video game. Uh, I turned myself into a character, created a series of quests and missions to complete with treasures, treasures and, and, you know, rewards. If I were to complete certain missions, uh, uh, accountability or negative consequences if I were to skip out on doing certain things. So I tried to remove as much of the need for willpower and as much of the need for motivation as humanly possible because I know if I only relied on those two things, stuff never would have got done. I'm Srini Rao, and this is the Unmistakable Creative Podcast, where you get a window into the stories and insights of the most innovative and creative minds who've started movements, built thriving businesses, written best-selling books, and created insanely interesting art. For more, check out our 500-episode archive at unmistakablecreative.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community, and that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this, you're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then, right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal, growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time, and now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember folks, with tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips. Steve, welcome to the Unmistakable Creative. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Srini, what's going on, man? Good to talk to you again. It is really good to have you back here again. Uh, you know, for people in our audience who don't know you, we, you're one of a handful of people who have made uh, more than three appearances at this point on uh, what you know was Blogcast FM and is now Unmistakable Creative. But given that it's been nearly three years since we last spoke, uh, for wow. the people in our audience who may or may not know who you are, can you tell us uh, a bit about yourself, your story, your background, your journey, and how it has led you to all this amazing work that you're doing? Absolutely. So my name is Steve, and I'm a nerd. I am the rebel leader of nerd of the community at nerdfitness.com, which is a worldwide uh, community of average Joes and Jills that are helping each other uh, get healthier, get stronger, and level up their lives. And I started nerd fitness, geez, at this point, it's been like seven years. Uh, and it it wasn't. It's become something so much bigger than I ever could have expected. You know, as as a kid growing up, I I spent my my youth playing playing video games and then going out in the backyard and acting those games out and uh, trying to be active while also kind of balancing that with reading as many books and playing as many games as I could. And that continued all through my my youth, through high school and college. And as I got older, I played more and more games and spent less and less time being active as games got more complicated and the stories got better and the graphics got better. And uh, it wasn't until finally after college that I kind of cracked the code on getting fit. I had spent years trying to get healthy and trying to get stronger and fitter. And uh, I wouldn't say failed miserably, but for six years of effort, I had very little to show for it. It wasn't until I finally improved my my diet, combined it with the, like the right kind of uh, exercise training, 
that I started to see success. And I thought to myself, man, there, there have to be other people out there like myself that are interested in getting fit, that are probably self-conscious about going to a gym. They're brand new to health and fitness and everything they've found online or every, you know, get fit quick scheme they've tried or supplement they've tried has failed them miserably. And they're just looking for a place to get proper, you know, no BS information. And they also happen to be really nerdy. Like, you know, for me, it was, I was playing a game called EverQuest and EverQuest 2, dumping dozens of hours every week into this game while also still getting fit and working a regular sales job. Uh, but I had found like the kind of found the path to, uh, I think a good life of, of, of being who I was as a nerd and also taking care of myself physically too. So I, I Googled nerd and fitness and nothing popped up. So I purchased nerdfitness.com and kind of got really scared and sat around for about a year and a half until I finally worked up the courage to start writing articles there. And then I kind of shifted into this dual existence, uh, you know, like my alter ego. By day, I was a marketing assistant at a, at a really fun company. And then I'd go home every night and transform into rebel leader of nerd fitness, where I would write articles, connect with people, answer emails, record videos about workout programs and things like that. So this went on for about a year and a half while doing both things. And eventually got to the point where I could kind of make the leap and turn nerd fitness from an afternoon alter ego version of myself into the daytime version of myself. And nerd fitness has been a full-time gig for me now for about, geez, five years. And we're up to the point where I'm hiring my ninth employee at the moment, which is just crazy. Mm. Well, you know, I want to talk uh, quite a bit about video games and those early moments in your childhood uh, and how video games have influenced and shaped everything you've done with your life, uh, you know, uh, as you've built this, uh, sure. nerd fitness empire. The other question of course is how people find what that might have been in their own life or what it is that Interesting. thing that okay. sort of drives them. Sure. Well, I think the, the game that resonated the most with me as a kid was the legend of Zelda. There's a character in, in legend of Zelda. The main character, his name is link and he, the game opens and he sees a cave he walks down into the cave and there's this old man that says, it's dangerous to go alone. Take this. And there's just a wooden sword sitting there and you go pick up the sword and you begin your quest to ultimately save the world. And as a small kid growing up in suburbia with a backyard, you know, I immediately resonated with, with this character. Here's a little boy in a tunic with a wooden sword and shield tasked with trying to, you know, defeat this evil bad guy, save the princess and save the world. And I would spend my afternoons playing Legend of Zelda, and then we'd go out in the backyard and act out scenes from the game. I actually remember there was uh, there was one day where we made bows and arrows, and I'm with uh, friends and I, we used to pass the controller back and forth, and we made bows and arrows in our backyard to act like we were Link from the Legend of Zelda. And I actually feathered my arrows with poison ivy leaves, <laughs> which I wasn't aware of until I woke up the next day and my entire face was swollen shut. And I had to miss school because I literally could not see. So uh, uh, to say that I was heavily influenced by by games um, at an early age is, is an understatement. So as those as the Legend of Zelda got, you know, every new system came out, the games got a little better, the graphics got better. Like I felt like I grew up 
with alongside Link, you know, from the Super Nintendo to Nintendo 64 to GameCube, uh, every version of that system came along. The games got better and stronger, and and I just fell in love with this idea of taking a small, scrawny, weak character, and over the course of many hours, many days, many weeks, uh, leveling up and getting more. Uh, getting you know better armor or finding more heart containers so that I had more life, uh, getting stronger, more fit, etc. As a small, as a scrawny, kin- scrawny, skinny kid, uh, I just love that idea, and I think that was probably the thing that influenced me the most. Just this concept of progression and taking something that starts as a zero and and slowly over over hours building him into into something great, and that has carried over to every aspect of nerd fitness for sure. How do people find something that gives them that sort of concept of progression in their own life? Interesting. I, I think there's there's a few things here. So there's this idea of the progress principle, uh-huh. and it's a concept that as humans, we actually we enjoy making progress on something more so than we do the reward at the end of what we're making the progress on. In a game that's simple, it's like, oh, you're going from the goal is to save the princess the goal is to find this treasure whatever but you actually the getting the treasure is is a minuscule part of the whole process you're enjoying yourself because you get to actually see your character progressing you get to go from level one to level two level two to level three so in in life uh i have found that when i can apply that progress principle and break down a goal or a habit that i'm trying to build or a a major project that i'm trying to work on and break it into smaller bite-sized habits or smaller bite-sized missions that I can complete and allow myself to progress upon or progress with, uh, I have way more fun with it. It makes it far less daunting to get started. And uh, I find that the, the, the product at the end works out even better. So let's use uh, this, this book, for example. I wrote a book called Level Up Your Life. And I, you know, I, have, I was given, I think, nine months to write the first draft. And after my first four months, I think I had written zero, zero words, maybe. Mm-hmm. I was so overwhelmed at the thought of having to write a book that I consistently told myself uh, someday, you know, like when I'm, I, I don't, I'm too busy right now. I can't, uh, I, I don't have time to dedicate the hours and hours and hours I need to get started on this. I'm going to wait until I have those hours. Sure enough, four months later, I still haven't managed to find those hours because they don't exist. So I changed my my tactic. Instead, I uh, purchased a program called Scrivener, which allows you to input your due date on a project, how many words you need to write, and then how many days per week you're you're planning on writing. And then it spits out a small number that tells you exactly how many words you need to write each day on the days that you've picked in order to complete your draft. So I was like, okay, my book is due in February of 2015. And I need to write 70,000 words, and it's this day, and I'm going to write five days a week, which means every day I need to write, oh, like 400 words. Like, that's that's not that scary. Like, I think I can do that. So every morning I woke up, and it was the first thing I did every single day. I blocked off the internet. 
Uh, I blocked off pretty much everything and told myself that I had to write 400 words. And with every word written, there's a little progress bar that fills up slowly but surely. It starts at a you know, color red and then it turns to orange and then yellow and then I think goes blue and then green. And when you type in your, let's say, 500th word for the day, whatever your, whatever your goal target date or target number of words is that day, it makes this really satisfying ding noise. Very similar to any video game when you level up a character to go from level one to level two is not that cool, but when it's accompanied by a ding, you get a new piece of equipment, something else happens, it becomes this thing that like you become addicted to the idea of progress. And it it really helped me take this overwhelming idea of having to write a a full narrative, an entire book, and broke it down into a, a daily mission that I had to complete with each mission, you know, kind of building on the previous mission. So I think for anybody out there that is struggling with a big goal, whether they're trying to lose weight, write their first book, uh, get started as an artist, uh, do, really doing anything, be it creative, physical, uh, learning a language, whatever, find a way to implement some sort of progress principle that you can break this goal down into such a small, tiny, bite-sized piece as something that you can work on every single day, you're going to be far more likely to overcome that initial inertia that keeps us from starting something and gives you the, the kind of the ability to go from level one to level two, from level two to level three, instead of mentally having to jump from level one to level 50, which I think most people do when it comes to a project they are uh, truly overwhelmed with. Do you have any days that you missed or didn't hit your goal? Uh, you know, I, I had plenty of days where I wrote terribly. Uh-huh. Um, I did have some other days where like I knew if, uh, you know, I structured it, it was like, I'm going to write Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. But I knew if I was traveling Thursday through Monday, then I might have to double up a certain day earlier that week. Or I try to like write an extra hundred words, you know, for the five days leading up to that. And occasionally I would miss one just uh, for, their, you know, family emergency or life got in the way for whatever. But it, you know, I, I really structured my entire life. You know, I, it's funny. There's, there's a quote that I share in the book. It's somebody asked about learning to play a musical instrument and they said, I'm just not motivated to get myself to play. How do you guys find the motivation and where can I get more of it? And the responses came back in. It was like, dude, screw motivation, cultivate discipline. And when I paired that with the, uh, the other quote that I found, which was, you know, I only write when I'm motivated. Fortunately, I'm motivated every morning at 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay. You know, I was waiting for that magical moment when I would be motivated enough to get started on this book when in reality, what I needed to do is I needed to cultivate uh, a, an apartment that structured, that was set up in a way for me to win. So like before I'd go to bed at night, I would block all of the time-wasting websites that I would normally check the next morning, um, block them all for 12, 14 hours. So when I went to bed, by the time even if I woke up, or when I woke up, I couldn't hop on Gmail. I couldn't go to YouTube. I couldn't go to Yahoo. I couldn't go to Reddit. I couldn't go to IGN.com. I couldn't go to any of these websites. So I was like, all right, I might as well just work. You know, I'd have my phone in airplane mode. I had a ritual I'd go through every morning. So like the, I truly cultivated this concept of like I'm a writer every morning from 6.30 a.m. until 10.30 a.m. I am going to write and I'm going to work on a book. The content might suck. Mm-hmm. I might have to go back and rewrite it eventually. This chapter might not even make it into the book. 
I might be writing about things that I hate, but I just have to start writing. And 99 times out of 100, as soon as I started writing, after I got a little warmed up, the content got better. I got more excited about it. I could find a way to get into this uh, idea of flow, which is uh, something I talk about in the book as well. But it's almost like this Zen-like state of work in which uh, you lose track of time. Um, you feel like you're doing your best work. You know, it's almost like this state of bliss in which you're working on something that you're challenged in, that you're excited about, and that uh, helps you lose track of time. So I found that the more I could structure my environment to give me the chance to get into that state, the more often I got into that state, the better the quality of work I got out of it, the more likely I was to write a better book, and uh, the more proud I ended up becoming of that book as a result of, you know, Loving the idea of being creative and striking while the iron is hot, et cetera, but also understanding that like it has to creativity had to become a habit for me in order for me to get over this idea of only writing when I was ready to write. Hmm. Well, we'll get into the entire framework that uh, the book offers, but one of the things I want to talk about uh, is this sort of message of you being the rebel leader of nerd fitness, <laughs> and you know, the thing that I think is fascinating is. You found a very unique spin on something that is incredibly cliche, and you also have made this like a significant part of your identity and had this courage to own the message. I mean, you started out by saying, I'm Steven, I'm a nerd. And I, I really appreciate that. And I want to talk about two things, how people find those kinds of unique messages, um, those distinctive fingerprints in their own work, and then how they find the courage to actually own that. Uh, in everything they do, because it sounds to me like, you know, the other thing that was really interesting that you said was that, you know, at, by day you were working, you know, as, uh, you know, a marketing uh, person. And then by night, um, you became the rebel leader of nerd fitness. So it's like two different identities, but eventually those identities merged. So I guess really the, the, the question is, you know, one, how do you find what that identity is and how do you express it through your work? Love it. Uh, I just want to say that is a Awesome question, and I'm so excited to answer it. So, um, well done, Srini. <laughs> it's funny. I don't know when, when people ask me, like, dude, how did you, how did you come up with the idea for Nerd Fitness, and you know, did you, how, how much of this was planned ahead of time, and like the structure and the the identity and the language that you use and all these things, and it wasn't. I would love to say that it was all planned out ahead of time. Uh, it wasn't. I just. I, I, I saw a social group that I was a part of and, and something that I was good at and I wanted to help people. And for me, when I found those things, it was like, okay, I, I self-identify as a nerd. Like I'm, you know, I'm playing video games on a computer that I've built. Uh, I love, I was driving around in my day job at the time, reading Harry Potter in between job sites, sitting in my car because I couldn't get myself to stop. I was still dumping tens of hours a week into into video games, and you know, as a 22, 23 year old kid, uh, 23 adult, you know, as a kid. I, looking back now, I feel like a kid back then, but you know, I was an adult, and I just, I, I this is this is who I thought I was, and what was helpful to me, and I think who the community that I, I truly felt the biggest part of, and when I started, when I when I decided I wanted to help people get fit. I realized there was already a million bazillion fitness websites out there. And fortunately, I was ignorant enough not to realize how many there were. And if I had known any better, I probably wouldn't have started because everybody would have told me, like, you're getting into the most crowded, competitive 
niche out there. Like, what are you thinking? And I decided that if I was going to start something, I had to be different about it. And Nerd Fitness had to be a home for people that didn't want to get, that wouldn't want to get their fitness information anywhere else. You know, I had, thanks to, uh, actually thanks to Nintendo, I had stumbled across and heard about this idea called the Blue Ocean Strategy. And it's this concept of, you know, essentially when Nintendo came up with the Nintendo Wii, which was like this global phenomenon, they sold hundreds of, that's like 100 plus million systems xbox and you know sony and microsoft are both fighting for like that hardcore gamer and instead nintendo choose the chose the blue ocean strategy which is not fighting for that same gamer but instead going where there wasn't the competition and creating like this new market and for me it was like perfect i i want to help people get fit but i'm not going to try to steal the people from crossfit i'm not going to steal people from bodybuilding.com i'm not going to try to convince somebody that loves Jillian Michaels to instead start loving nerd fitness and Steve Cam. Instead, I wanted to go for the people that felt more at home at GameSpot.com or in GameStop and in arcades that identify themselves as a nerd in some way and give them a home for their first place to get fit. They never would have looked anywhere else. They get turned off by everything else and then they find nerd fitness and it's like, Here's a guy that speaks my language. Here's a community that resonates with who I am as a person and the way I like to be taught and the way I like to learn. And I get to be myself 100% here. And that's the thing I'm probably most proud of. You know, it's if you consider yourself a nerd, you're probably, you get really excited or passionate about something that is not considered popular and you don't run in that kind of crowd. And then on top of that, if you're the only person in your group of friends that's getting fit, like in your group of nerdy friends, like you're almost like double shunning yourself or double like, you know, boxing yourself into this corner. It's like not only am I not in the the cool part of the crowd, I'm in the nerdy part of the crowd, but then I'm not even in the cool part of the nerdy crowd. Like I am the, I am the exception to the rule in this group of people. And I, I wanted to give people in nerd fitness like hey this this is your new home like you can talk about harry potter and and push-ups and cooking healthier meals and dressing up in cosplay costumes and and be a hundred percent who you are and who you want to be and not not be ashamed to hide any of those things so that that was the the messaging and and the desire i think behind behind nerd fitness is i I just saw it as like i'm a nerd and i want to help people that are like me that don't have anywhere else to go so I think a big problem a lot of people make is they're probably just looking like, okay, they're studying market trends and you know they, they, they pick something because they read about it in a magazine or they pick something, they pick a, a specific target market because you know that that group has money or that, that they are blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. If you're starting a business or if you're, if you're trying to cater to something that you're going to focus your life's work on, I think it has to be something that really lines up with who you are as a person and something that at the end of the day, like you, you would feel comfortable and confident in getting behind. Mm-hmm. It's when people reach out to me and say like, you know, I tell them I'm nerd fitness and then they, who you know, who I am and who I represent, you know, they're like, but you're not a nerd. And you know, they're trying to be like complimentary. And I'm like, I don't under, that doesn't compete with me. Like 
I absolutely am, and I'm very proud of it. Here are the reasons why, and you know, I bet I, I encourage anybody. Like, I look at nerd as a very positive term. So, I, I think for for anybody out there that is struggling to find their their place or make their impact, you know, as Steve Jobs says, put their dent in the universe. I found success in taking a group that I'm a part of and a way that I felt like I could truly help other people and carving out a tiny, tiny portion of that and then helping people like one-on-one, adding a person at a time to our community. Again, it's called the rebellion. And now it's bigger than I ever could have imagined it could have become. And I, I, what's crazy is I think we're still just getting started. Uh, but it, it started with that. It was pick something I'm, I'm good at and something that helps people and overlap it with a, a social group that I, I felt like I was a big part of and, and then serve those people and don't be ashamed about it. I know we have plenty of people that come to nerdfitness.com and decide it's not for them. Mm-hmm. We had one guy that purchased uh, our one of our courses called the Nerd Fitness Academy, and he's like, hey, can you tone down the nerdy parts of this? Uh, I don't like the idea of creating a character and completing missions and leveling up. And I just I gave the guy his money back. I was like, I'm sorry, but that's who we are and that's what we stand for. And this is the type of product and thing that we get behind as a company and as a community this this might not be for you. And you know, he, he said, thank you very much, and I'm blah, 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 I'm moving on. It's like, okay, I have no problem turning people away. And you know, I've had to get thicker, thicker skin over the past over the past few years, but I also have plenty of people that gladly email me and tell me why I'm doing something wrong or why I should be doing this and including more people. And uh, I'm I'm proud that we are unabashedly for the group of people that we are supporting. And we'll welcome anybody with open arms that's interested. Uh, but if somebody is not interested, we're not going to change who we are to to try to appeal to an even greater number of people. It's like, hey, this is who we are. The book I wrote is full of nerdy references and metaphors. The site, if you go check out nerdfitness.com, is, I mean, it's it's one giant comic book. And it probably pisses off or turns off a lot of people. And, and I'm okay with that. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. 
Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It, it's interesting to, to listen to you talk about critics. Uh, you, you, you know, when I hear you say that, I realize that everybody has them because we got our first two-star review for the first time in ages after like literally 100 five-star reviews in a row. And I was kind of like, what the hell? And Somebody on the internet is wrong. I must yeah. correct them, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and somehow it's always you know followed up by a dozen emails that are incredibly kind and, and you know saying wonderful things about you, uh, which I, I've always found mind blowing. But the sense of mission and message um, that you uncovered uh, in Nerd Fitness, you think that that is something that you knew starting out is only something you recognize or something that emerged. Uh, as a byproduct of the work. Definitely a byproduct. Yeah. For, for sure. I would love to say that I had it all planned out <laughs> ahead of time. And I knew that this was going to become the thing that it is, but I was like, man, I, when I, when I first bought the domain, I was working a crappy job. I was, I was like, I, God, I, I felt so mismatched and sitting in the wrong seat and just miserable. And, you know, I bought the domain and when I was like, you know what, I think I can help people get fit. And initially, I, I was helping you know other skinny, scrawny guys like myself put on some weight and feel better about themselves because that's what I had struggled with for my entire life. And it wasn't until I got my first email from somebody that was like, hey, man, like I lost you know, 30, 40, 50 pounds and had to buy new clothes and just went on my first date or, you know, I can finally uh, touch my toes for the first time or like, you know, I'm excited because my dad died at 50 and now I feel like I have an opportunity to actually see my kid grow up and I didn't because I didn't get to see him and as soon as I started getting those emails I was like okay this is uh you know we're shifting I'm not just going to help I'm I'm going to help people get fit and uh, when you get an email from somebody that has dropped 100 pounds 150 200 pounds and literally saved their own lives as a result of something that we as a team at Nerd Fitness or something I've written uh, has changed, has helped them make that decision. Like it's makes me cry. You know, I've, I've bawled my eyes out on, on a number of occasions, just reading stories from people that have changed their lives. And it's, it's cool to be a part of it. And I mean, when I started, I never expected it to, to have that level of impact on other people, but more importantly, I never expected it to have the impact. Their impact on me was, was a complete afterthought. Like I didn't even register in my brand as I was getting started. I was like, just write articles, help people, maybe someday somehow turn it into a business and and then figure the rest out from there. 
And now it feels like it's, I feel like I'm a part of something that's much bigger than me. And it's that, that mentality or that idea took many years to develop until now it's, I'm realizing it certainly is more than I said, we have a team of nine people now and a community of 300,000 people. I mean, it's, it's crazy. But when it started, it was like, I just want to help people and we'll figure the rest out later. And, and it has evolved significantly since then. But it's, that's, uh, yeah, not, not, none of the, none of the craziness that exists today, I think was initially planned for sure. Hmm. How do you balance, uh, the intention of what you want to create in the future with the work that you need to do today? Hmm. That's a tough one because I'm an eternal optimist <laughs> and I can see where I think this could go if I, uh, if, if we, if we take care of our people mm-hmm. and I often love to live in the future and that's, I, I think important in some aspects. Uh, I think you know, I, I quote uh, the Shawshank Redemption in the book and that is uh, hope is a good thing, maybe the best thing and no good thing ever dies. And I think hope is important. I think, especially if you are overweight, out of luck, uh, you know, you're down and out creative, whatever that may be. Um, hope for for a better future, I, I think, is really helpful in getting you off the ground. You know, I I think hope is what I got from all of those games and movies and books that I loved. It was reading about Harry Potter trapped under the stairs or Link saving the land of Hyrule. Uh, James Bond, you know, earning his double O and, and traveling the world and things of that nature. And and as somebody that had never done any of those things, it was fun to live vicariously through those characters. But ultimately, it required action from me on a day to day basis in order for me to get to that that eventual future that I had built or that I had built up in my mind. So I think that's again where the that structure comes in place. It's building a life structure that allows you to make progress towards goals that are important to you, things that allow you to challenge you mentally, physically, um, help you financially, philanthropically, whatever it may be. I, I think it's important to have those goals and hopes. And I apologize for those sirens. I just relocated to New York City, so they are they are everywhere around here. Um, I, I think it's important as you're structuring kind of what, what your future might look like, almost reverse engineering and, and backtracking through that and be like, okay, if this is what my goals and hopes and dreams are, I have no problem with that. But we need to get very specific and very concrete with what those things are and then backtrack and reverse engineer those things into, okay, what are the four things or three things that need to get done today? How can I structure my environment so that the default activity is actually doing those things and how can I surround myself with the right kind of people that are encouraging and supporting me rather than pulling me back down or enabling me to, to skip out on, on those things that I'm doing. So I actually kind of built my life as if it was a video game, uh, turned myself into a character, created a series of quests and missions to complete with treasures, treasures and, and, you know, rewards if I were to complete certain missions, uh, uh, accountability or negative consequences if I were to skip out on doing certain things. So 
I tried to remove as much of the need for willpower and as much of the need for motivation as humanly possible because I know if I only relied on those two things, stuff never would have got done. Uh, to, sh- to further uh, explain that point, when I purchased Nerd Fitness, again, I had sat on it. I sat on it for about a year and a half before I finally worked up the courage to to start writing articles for it. And once I had started writing articles. I I was like, oh, I'm not motivated enough to write and blah, blah, blah. It was because you know, I was lying to myself. I was too busy spending time playing EverQuest 2. And there was a particular afternoon when I was playing with friends on in EverQuest and my computer that I had built short-circuited. Uh, the, the, the fans in it burned out. The, the motherboard in my computer essentially exploded. And I didn't have the money to fix it. And I told myself that moment, like, I'm not allowed to play another video game until, uh, until I make my first dollar with nerd fitness as a business. So this, you know, it was like, this was my call to action on my hero's journey. Like all of a sudden I had been reluctant to get started and I was, couldn't get motivated and all this time and energy went into this thing. And I needed my computer to explode to kindly be like the slap in my face. Like, dude, like you're you have this this idea and this this hope for this thing that you want to build and you're not taking action on it like get going today fortunately i got going that day and instead of being addicted to leveling up as a character i got addicted to watching the stats grow at nerd fitness i got addicted to reading emails from readers that, that had impacted their lives i got addicted to watching nerd fitness become a community and i got a- addicted to seeing seeing you know metrics increase and and seeing how many other people we could impact with it so uh a big part of balancing the hope for a better future and this this forward thinking and what needs to get done today was structuring my life as if it was a video game and putting the same game mechanics in place in my day-to-day life that had previously held me prisoner they instead became the vehicle for which uh, allowed me to grow and learn and and uh, do the things that, that were truly important to me. So you mentioned at the beginning of our conversation um, that at this point you've been at it for about seven years. And I think, you know, it's funny because we've started at similar times and, you know, it, it's really easy, I think, for a lot of people to get into the mode of comparison. I know I certainly have, especially because I've spent years telling everybody else's stories uh, about <laughs> how they've, you know, gotten book deals and gotten to do all these crazy things. And even still, you know, seven years later, when I'm getting to experience those things, I'm kind of like, well, we're not as big as everybody else. Uh, but that's not really, that's more of a comment than it is a question. Uh, the question I have is during that seven years, were there times when you ever felt hopeless? And if so, how'd you pull out of them? Hopeless. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. I kind of think of like that period of hopelessness as far as when I'm trying to build something or help people with like hitting a plateau in, in your health and fitness. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm running enough and I'm eating healthy and the weight's not, the weight's not coming off or I'm training better, but I'm not getting any stronger. Like what the heck? Like you, you kind of hit this plateau. So the hopelessness I kind of see comes across as like uh, almost like a mental plateau or as Seth Godin would say, like the dip between when you had started and, and things are really exciting at front at the beginning. And then, and then it starts to kind of fall apart. 
before you know you have to decide if it's worth pursuing and busting through that dip, that plateau, or if it's you know time to move on to something else. I'm fortunate in that I think like my biochemistry, I'm just naturally wired to be optimistic. And that allowed me to be very ignorant and naive in what I had done. I think when I started truly writing for Nerd Fitness, doing this uh, as a side gig after work, I was publishing five articles a week, uh, not sleeping very much. And I think after publishing five articles a week for nine months, I had 90 email and RSS subscribe. Like I didn't even have an email list. Like I was only collecting RSS like statistics through Google feed burner. And I think the number was 90, which equates to half of a person per article written, uh, scattered again over nine months. If, if anybody else has tried to start a blog or whatever, the amount of work compared to the, the amount of outcome I was receiving from it was, uh, pretty, pretty terrible. But for some reason, I don't know, man, I just, I got an email here and there that was like, hey man, like I really love what you're doing and I just, something about this website I like and I hope you keep doing it. And it was those small emails here and there that just gave me that confidence that like, okay, if I can get to 90 and I can help people, at this point it's the, it's the concept has been proven. This is going to help people. It's just a matter of scale. I need to get in front of more people. I need to work harder. I need to work smarter. Whatever it is, there will be a way sometime down the road. And it's funny, actually. I, I stumbled across a gentleman by the name of Adam Baker mm-hmm. at, at, at about the nine-month mark. And he had written an article called How to Not Suck at Blogging. And I read it, and I was like, oh, man, I... I suck at blogging. Like I'm terrible. I'm not good at this. And I had to change my writing style and ended up actually reaching out to Adam and saying, Hey, thank you for writing this article. Uh, it's, it's been really helpful to me in my life and, and I've changed my writing style as a result of it. And uh, I'm actually still really good friends with Adam today. He is, uh, I stole him and he actually now works full time with me at nerd fitness as well, which is, which has been pretty cool to, to kind of bring a mentor of mine for so many years onto the team and something that he was pretty monumental in helping me guide in those early years. And we found an email interaction between the two of us from at this point, six years ago. And we went back through it and in it, I said something like, you know, I I hope I can find a way to turn this into a company within the next four to five years. Like I had already mentally resigned myself to, the idea that this thing that I was working on was going to take a lot of my time for a long time, but that I think I, I, I could make it work somehow. And I figured, man, if it's going to be a few years, but it's something that I'm truly excited and, and fired up about and is helping people, what's a few years now that's compared to the rest of my life that I get to focus on these things and you know, now my focus has shifted. It was like, how can, how can nerd fitness exist long after I'm gone? Like, that's what I want nerd fitness to become. Uh, so it's, it's gone through some shifts, uh, as far as other, other moments of hope, hopelessness. Um, I've struggled recently in going from a team of one to now a team of nine. Uh, I had been a solo entrepreneur for so many years and only hired part-time work. And, you know, I've since introduced the, challenging aspect of hiring W2 employees across different state lines and working with 
moms and dads that have children and, and, uh, you know, people that are now relying on nerd fitness. And I wouldn't say hopeless, but, but rather it's added a whole new level of difficulty. You know, it's like I'm playing on legendary difficulty now instead of easy. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, if I screwed up or I didn't publish an article, nothing happened. It was just, it was on me. But now when I don't do those things or I don't hold up my end of the bargain, there are eight other members of the team that are relying on me to pull my own weight too. So it's, it, I don't think I've ever truly felt hopeless, but, but rather I've, I've, um, purposefully increased the level of difficulty and thus adding significant amounts of stress and stress in certain ways to what I'm doing, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it for a second. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited with the team that we have and the way that we can help people and we can do it on a much larger scale and, and impact people in a lot different ways now compared to when it was just me. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, a couple of references came to my mind when you said that one, I was like, yeah, I guess it's like playing Contra without the cheat code. <laughs> exactly. Or, you know, Greg Hartle, who's a mentor of mine who played a, a significant role in our development. He told me, he said, you know, I've told you a thousand times the problems don't go away. He said, what changes is your capacity to handle them. And of course, as your capacity to handle them increases, you get to do bigger and bigger things. And deal with bigger and bigger problems. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So let's do this. Um, I want to spend the rest of our time talking specifically about the framework that this book provides uh, for people to level up their life. Like if somebody was to take the rest of this interview and leverage it as a blueprint for what they could do, um, how would they go about doing that? Sure. Uh, I think the thing that I found really helpful is to determine the type of game that you want to play. And for me, when I... so. I guess at this point it had been three years after I had started, uh, yeah, about two and a half years after I had started Nerd Fitness. When I took it full time, I, I t- up to that point I had never traveled. There were so many things I wanted to do, but seemingly never had the time to do. And when Rebel Leader, instead of being a side hobby, became my full time gig, it freed up my afternoons or evenings to uh, to pursue other things that were important to me. And I thought of the game that I wanted to play. If I'm turning my life into a game, what does that look like? And I decided that I wanted to play an adventure game because I had never traveled. I was risk averse. Uh, I had never been outside of North America. There were so many things out in the world that I wanted to do. And loving being being such a an, a fan of games, certain games and books and movies, and always my favorite part of the game was exploring and seeing new places and finding out what's in the cave or underneath the, the that particular lake or across that ocean. So my life became an adventure game. So I thought back to all of those games and movies that I loved. And instead of using them as escape, I used them as inspiration. I picked specific moments from some of those, from those uh, adventures and tried to recreate them in real life. So I, as a kid, I, I loved the movie Top Gun. My brother and I would sit on opposite couches and, and pretend like they were F4, F-14 Tomcat, you know, fighter, fighter planes. So when I got to New Zealand... When I'm traveling, I found out you can fly a stun plane in New Zealand. Like, what? That's that's amazing. Let's like I get to I get to live out my fantasy of being Tom Cruise in Top Gun, something I've wanted to do since I was four. You know, I get to sit in this in a stunt biplane and do barrel rolls and corkscrews and things like that. So, there's an example. I spent a weekend living like James Bond in Monaco because I loved 
just love the idea of James Bond and always thought he was just the, the coolest cat in the, on the planet. And it was like, how can I, how can I embody James Bond? I got it. I'm going to rent a tux. I'm going to stay at the Fairmont Monte Carlo and I'm going to gamble at the Monte Carlo casino and live a weekend like James Bond. And I did it all in such a way that it actually made money on the weekend. It cost me like 50 bucks to rent the tux. I used hotel points to stay in the hotel and ended up making a few hundred bucks playing blackjack. So I had to, like this really cool experience and it was really fun for me to find a way to do all these amazing things without, without breaking the bank. So for anybody out there that is, it's like, okay, Steve, I get it. I, I either, let's say I want to start traveling. Maybe I want to learn how to play a musical instrument. I want to build a business, write a book, whatever it may be. Identify the game that you're interested in playing encourage people to kind of plan out what they think that life might look like for them at, at level 50. I, in my mind, I see level 50 as being like the near the very, very top of, of what the game is going to be. And then you can kind of reverse engineer the game around that. So for me, if I wanted to become an adventure traveler, then I needed to have an existence that allowed those things to happen. I needed to have a business that allowed me to travel. I needed to surround myself with the right kind of people that, that knew how to do these things. I had to educate myself on travel hacking so I could do it cheaply. I had to get over my fear of traveling alone so that I could travel solo, stay in hostels, sleep on couches, whatever it may be. That became my life. And I did that for about two years. And after that, I decided my game changed. Over the past two years, I've been um, my game has become a music slash... Uh, like Assassin's Creed, I guess, kind of mixing of the two. So now uh, I get my my kicks instead of out of traveling, which I still do occasionally, but I play the violin every day. I actually learned to play the violin as I was writing this book. I wanted to prove to people that like, you know, not only can any you do anything you set your mind to, but if you put a system in place to pull these things off, you can make it happen. So I started to learn the, started to learn the violin right around the time I started to write my first few words for this book. On top of that, I've spent two years truly focused on getting myself in the best physical shape possible, and it's been a lot of fun. So I think for anybody that is interested in doing any slash all of these things, if you're scatterbrained like me or you have kind of goal ADD, I don't see any problem with it. I think what's important is to write all of these things down, get very specific. So it's not just lose weight, but it is exercise three days per week for two months, or it's not uh, get stronger, but it's deadlift 405 pounds, or it's, uh, I want to write a book. It's, I will have a book manuscript public written by this particular date, or I'll have a book proposal done. I will have a conversation with a book agent, whatever. There are ways you can go back through and look at these major goals that we all have in our lives that bring us, uh, you know, the sense of fulfillment and break them down to these smaller goals, assign, as, as I did, experience point values to them. So as you cross off those, those tiny goals, you can actually create a character and watch the character level up as you're, as you're making progress, which ties into that progress principle we were talking about earlier. And, uh, and, and actually start, start doing these things. Uh, I think so many people just consistently say, I don't have time or I'll put this off until I'm ready. And, you know, eventually doesn't happen you know, like tomorrow is no guarantee. So I find it's very important to, to, 
to truly dig in, get get specific and concrete with what you're what you're trying to build, what's important to you, and then structuring your environment, surrounding yourself with the right types of people, and uh, and and putting putting boots on the ground, you know, putting pen to paper, putting fingers on keyboards, whatever it may be for the thing that you're interested in, and and getting started today. And in in order for me to, I think, provide the best way to actually allow people to do that is you can actually go to uh, leveluplyourlife.com, which is the, you know, the name of the book, and create a character, write your own origin story, pick what type of character you want to be in this game, and then start creating your own quest list, categorized and uh, assign difficulty levels to them. And as you start to cross these things off, be it by every day, once a week, once a month, uh, you can actually level up uh, a character and watch yourself watch an avatar version, you know, like this alter ego superhero version of yourself, um, actually start living a better life. So I, I think there's a good mix of people that have normal jobs that then become extraordinary superheroes when they're not at their day job. And I love to share a lot of those stories throughout the book. And, you know, although I am now the rebel leader of nerd fitness, majority of my time is still set, uh, spent sitting in front of a computer and writing articles so my alter ego has become this troubadour slash power powerlifting troubadour, I guess. Uh, and it's been a lot of fun to watch my game change and watch the adventure change as I've grown up and as uh, you know different life things have happened to me as well. This has been awesome, Steve. Uh, so I have one last question for you, which is how I'm to ready. finish all I think our I'm ready interviews. Anyway. Uh, what do you think it is that makes somebody or something unmistakable? Hmm. What makes people unmistakable? I think it is something about just absolute conviction in who they are, what their ideals are, like what they stand for. And they have no problem. Well, no, I wouldn't say no problem, but they have found the ability or the confidence to not be ashamed to to show who they are like 100%. So I think most people, are, they probably have certain aspects of themselves that they don't like or aspects of that might not be popular. And I think the people that are unmistakable are those that like they, I don't mean like they march to their March the beat of a different drum, but they, they're just, they're very unique in who they are. They're not ashamed to be that type of person. And they understand and recognize that they probably have some sort of unique gift that they can share with the rest of the world, be it art, creative, uh, a, a specific talent in some way. And they have the confidence and the ability to structure their lives around around that particular thing. And I'm hopeful that that thing is something that makes other people's lives better. But I think just being unmistakable is knowing who you are, not being ashamed to be that person, even if it's contrary to popular behavior, popular opinion, whatever it may be. And, uh, and then being uniquely creative or uniquely talented in, in something in some way and uh, uh, being able to share that with the world. Well, uh, this has been phenomenal, uh, and it's such a fitting conversation to have uh, to kick off uh, you know, the beginning of the year. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to join us and share your story uh, and all your insights with our listeners. Thanks, Rini. I mean, like I said, man, it's been a few years since we've talked, and you know, a big portion of this book is built around this concept of the hero's journey. 
And I feel like I've been on a hero's journey when I traveled. I feel like writing this book was a hero's journey. Um, and I'm excited to share this with, share it with the world. And, and as, you know, a book did for me many years ago, when I walked into a bookstore and picked it up off the shelf, it was Tim Ferriss's four hour work week that encouraged me to start thinking differently. I'm hopeful that this book is, can be that thing for somebody. They walk into a store, see the, see the cover and pick it up, even though they're not familiar with nerd fitness and it completely shifts how they look at life and, and pushes them down a different path. And, uh, I'm, I, I feel really good about how it turned out. I'm, I'm, I, I can't wait to share it with the world and uh, hopefully I can help as many people as possible with it. Awesome. And for everybody listening, we will wrap the show with that. Monday on The Unmistakable Creative. I personally think that there are very few failures that await us in life that are as bad or de- as debilitating as the fear of them is. Now, there's some things you shouldn't do. You know, jump out of an airplane without a parachute or even in a wingsuit or all some of that crazy wackadoo stuff. I mean, then you're really rolling the dice and, 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 the, and the failure that awaits you is like crippling or death. You know, so, but um, within, you know, polite society, there's not a lot of things you can do. Um, there's not a lot of exploration that you can do. There's not a lot of, of, of um, seeking out that you can do. The answers or questions that you can ask, the answers of which are um, are worse for you than the fear of asking the question. Adam Stelzner, an engineer from the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, joins us to talk about his new book, The Right Kind of Crazy, and the creative process of literally putting spacecrafts on Mars. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World, and this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration 
into the human skills that AI can't touch, the skills that are essential for standing out and thriving no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy.